You're familiar with the gentleman Eli Roth, I am sure. He has made a couple of movies, including Hostel, Hostel 2, Cabin Fever. He also has starred in others, including Inglorious Bastards. And he's got a movie coming out this weekend called Aftershock, which he produced, he wrote, and he also stars in. It's in theaters this weekend, and now he joins us on the phone. Eli, how are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? We are hanging in there, dude. Thank you so much for uh, getting up early and chatting things up, man. Oh, my pleasure. Happy to be here. You know, uh, we saw the uh, the trailer, and I saw the Red Band trailer for Aftershock, and, and I was hooked right away. What was it that drew you into the project? I know you kind of were involved in the writing and the producing of it, but what was the uh, the basic idea behind it something that drew you in? No, I mean, my friend Nicolas Lopez, who directed it, uh, we wrote it together. He He's a great, great director. He's made a lot of romantic comedy comedies in Chile, and he started telling me about what it was like to live through this 2010 earthquake, where everyone was out in the clubs at 3.30 in the morning, and then people's arms were getting chopped off, heads were getting crushed in, and then afterwards, everything completely collapsed, because the cell phones went out, prisons broke open, fires were everywhere, you couldn't get in touch with the police, and then the tsunami sirens went off, so people were freaking out and looting, it's like literally society collapsed, and we thought, you know, instead of doing treating this like some sort of serious Oscar movie. Let's fictionalize it, take real stories we heard, and just make a really, really, really scary movie. Yeah, how fun is it for you to sit down with a, with a friend and, and come up with a plot that, that surrounds that? I mean, I can only imagine the kind of ideas that you throw out there. Oh, well, oh, in this case, we, we, we took stories that really, really happened to people. Like, a girl he knew was on a first date with a guy, and a rock fell on the car and paralyzed the guy. And the girl had to move him in the back and drive down a hill, stick, like... Crazy, crazy stuff that's like unthinkable situations. So we wrote all of them down, and then we just kind of narrowed it down to, you know, making situations like where all the characters have to make a decision. Do you save your friend? Do you save yourself? Do you save your friend? And, you know, what are the ramifications? Um, But, yeah, it's really, really fun to think of horrible things to do to people. But in this case, we didn't even have to think of it. It was all real. So do you do, like, uh, like interviews with, with people that, that survive this kind of thing to try to make it as realistic as possible? Or, I mean, I, I imagine a lot of this stuff was just seen, right? It was, it was all there. I mean, and everyone in the cast, a lot of the cast is Chilean, so they all lived through it. So everybody in the cast had their stories. So when we're filming the scene, the nice thing about shooting in Chile was we could really, really destroy stuff. It's a lot cheaper to shoot there. The safety laws are a little more lax. So we just recreated what really happened. And there's a scene in a cemetery where I'm trapped under a piece of concrete, and I looked around, and there were skeletons and tombs broken open because they stacked their graves vertically. And I said, man, the art department did a great job. And he's like, ha, ha, gringo, art department. This is all re-. I was like, what? He's like, this is real, dude. They let us in here an hour ago. There are a lot of areas in Chile that were destroyed from the earthquake that have never gotten fixed. So we just went into those places and filmed. Jesus, man. See, it, it, so it, so, it sounds equal parts cool and creepy as hell even being in there, right? Yeah, but it was really fun. I mean, Chile, and we show the fun side of it. You know, you're going on the vineyard tours. You're going on the clubs. They have Lollapalooza there. and. And the girls are beautiful, and, the, and everyone goes out till six in the morning. It's a, it's a, it's actually really, really safe. It's very similar to California, um, so it's really, really fun. But when that earthquake hit, it's and it's scary. You feel you felt those aftershocks and tremors, and whenever it happens, everyone wonders if it's going to be, you know, the, the, it was an eight point eight. So everyone there is still pretty shaken up from it. Do uh, do you ever get scared? I get scared all the time. What scares Eli Roth? You know, the, the thought that I might die without all the movies that I want to make in my head, there's a, there's a lot of things that scare me. A- anything can happen. You know, you look and you see that spot in your hand, and I'll be like, I have cancer. I have cancer. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm literally like Woody Allen. Like, it all comes out in the movies, but I'm completely 100. Like, if I cut my finger, 
I'm like, I need to go to the hospital. I'm going to bleed to death. Like, and everyone's like, you're crazy. You're crazy. But I will always imagine the worst case scenario. If I ride the subway, all I can think about is, is someone going to push me in front of the subway? Is someone going to push me in front of the subway? Like, I'm completely insane. But that's what makes these movies that you make so much more realistic, I think, right? You yeah, I think that, you know, you just put the things that everybody thinks that no one really wants other people to know that they think about. Um, but, you know, we wanted to show the dark side of, you know, human nature, show mother nature and things, but then show what happens of really how fragile society is. We're all here and we're all behaving, but if everyone just decided to start killing each other and, you know, looting and rioting and raping and pillaging, there really isn't much we could do about it. I mean, my feeling is basically life is a series of... is. Just a series of horrible, horrible events that happen to you for absolutely no reason whatsoever, with no explanation. And all you can do is be happy in between those moments until ultimately we're all just killed. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the film. That's, that's a good philosophy. <laughs> you know, I know it's clear that you trust Nicholas. You guys are buddies, and you were involved in this movie from the word go. How hard is it for the director and you to take a back seat on a movie like this? I love. I mean, I really love Nicholas's directing, and we shot this whole thing on Canon 5Ds. So I, I, I didn't know you could shoot a movie that way. But he's 11 years younger than me. And, you know, when I go in there as an actor, I wanted him to know that I'm not going to be, you know, if he wanted to ask me as a director about gore and blood, which he certainly did at times, I'm there for him. But I just wanted to give a great performance. You know, I felt like I hadn't given a real full balls out performance since The Bear Jew. And I wanted to have a performance that would be, you know, that would equally match that, even though it's a different character. So I was too focused on acting. I was like, it was nice to actually let him worry about the directing because he was doing a great job. Yeah, and I, I gotta imagine that that that's kind of one of the bonuses too of just you know of acting in and whatnot in a, in a movie. And you know, where do you think the uh, the state of horror movies is today? You think it's better? We're in a really good place right now. Um, you know, you you have everything from Evil Dead being a super super gory movie opening at twenty six million dollars to Paranormal Activity Four, which is a really great creepy ghost horror movie. Um, and I think that with Walking Dead being as huge as it is, people are much, much more tolerant. People are excited about gore. It's much more mainstream than it's ever been before. Um, and now, you know, the way, even the way we're releasing this movie is exciting. You know, we're doing an everywhere release. So it's in cinemas, but if people, if it's not at a theater near you or you don't feel like, you know, leaving your house, you can also get it on iTunes and DirecTV and On Demand. It's kind of one of the ways to fight piracy and just deal with the reality of how people are watching movies. And they, people have great home systems. They don't necessarily want to go to the theaters. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a new way of doing it. So I'm excited to see if it works. You know, big regret of ours, uh, we weren't paying enough attention. We happened to be in Vegas during the grand opening of Goratorium, and we completely... Oh, you missed it. It's we, so fun. Uh, well, people are freaking out. People are, like, coming out of there, like, saying it's the scariest haunted house they've ever been through. Um, and then getting drunk at the bar with a hot zombie girl and <laughs> drinking out of Bloody Mary, who's cut in half, and there's tubes running up her, and you drink her blood. We, uh, we're we going next time we go there for sure, and we're going to head out there in October, we think. But, I mean, having a year-round haunted house in Vegas seems like the perfect place to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted. I've always wanted a year-round haunted house. And when people go to Vegas, they just want to get into trouble. They want to gamble. They want to get drunk. And we've had a lot. We have a chapel there. We have weddings. It's the chap hell. You know, we have zombie <laughs> weddings, and people are like, you may now kill the bride. You know, stabbing the cake filled with blood. It's, it's really funny. There's a little person who marries you. It dresses a court jester. It, it's totally nuts. It's like a freak show, but it's a really, really fun one. Is that is that a lot of work for you, or is it at the point now where you, you've got it set up where it kind of runs on its own and you can kind of come in with fresh ideas when you got them? Well, yeah, exactly. It was a lot of work to get it up and running, um, and it's also a lot of momentum. You know, it's a new business. No one's ever done a year-round haunted house, so everyone's like, is this going to work? So we're... You know, it's a lot of work to make sure that people are still getting the word out there and exciting about it, but it's doing well. 
people are loving it. Um, and yeah, now my job is to just come up with more ideas, which is the fun part. You know, you got Aftershock in theaters this weekend. You're doing that. Uh, what's the story on Hemlock Grove? The Netflix series did really, really good. It's got a great buzz around it. Do you think it'll be back for more? Uh, yeah, we're talking about that right. You know, we're actually now next week I'm going into Netflix to talk to them about season two. Um, you know, it's not definite yet, but they're really excited. The, the show is breaking records for them. You know, it's a record number of downloads and watches. People are binge watching the show. So it, it's really fun. You know, they, first of all, it's really more it's violent and gory and visceral, and there's lots of sex. So a lot of the kids that were into Twilight Supernatural are freaking out. I mean, they love it. They've never seen anything this, this kind of hardcore. Um, but people love the mystery story, and they, and they love to, you know, the fact that you can watch all 13 episodes right there, right now, and just get through it in a weekend. People are really, really enjoying binge-watching. Tell you what, looking forward to that as well. And Aftershock looks like one of those movies where, you know, there's there's more realism in there than you would ever think, and I think uh, that's going to be awesome as well. So, uh, hey, man, thanks for, uh, for getting up and uh, spending some time with us. We appreciate it, Eli. Awesome. Good talking to you guys. Take care.